It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following this Sunday's game. I'll be live one final time there on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Of course, anytime there's any breaking news throughout the offseason, I'll also go live there. So make sure to check out the show there on YouTube. If you ever miss a single one of those live episodes, it's okay. It's every episode of Locked On Panthers is in your podcast feed. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you win up to 10 times your money on your first entry. First time users can receive 100% into deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Now, the Carolina Panthers' playoff hopes might have ended on Sunday afternoon in that 30-24 loss at Tampa Bay, but their season is not over just yet as they prepare to face off against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. That is now official as the NFL has come out with their schedule for the final week of the season. I was surprised that they were going to have the Lions and Packers on Sunday Night Football when I don't know the result as I'm I'm doing this on Monday at 4 o'clock. I don't know the result of the Monday night game between the Bengals and the Bills, but if the Bengals were to lose, and that would mean the Bengals and Ravens would be playing for the AFC North, why would you not wait until that result comes out to make a decision? Because if Seattle wins, Detroit's already out of it, and so it's basically Detroit trying to ruin Green Bay's chances to go into the playoffs, and we know how that's likely going to happen. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But the Panthers will play at 1 o'clock because that's where games are played when the division is already settled as it was settled on Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay. And still looking back on that game as we will start off the show, Steve Wilkes met with the media on Monday, and he started off his press conference by talking about how there's two things that the Panthers cannot do, and they did those on Sunday afternoon and their loss. That's give up turnovers. They had three of them, all from Sam Darnold. They had zero turnovers from Sam Darnold in his first four starts. As we noted last week was the longest stretch in his career. We had never He hadn't had a turnover, but he had three on Sunday. You cannot attribute all those to Sam. Uh, Steve Wilkes did say that Sam Darnold did some nice things, minus the turnovers on Sunday afternoon, had a lot of great throws, namely all three of those touchdown passes, and made a lot of good decisions. But unfortunately... With the fumble that occurred right before halftime, you can place it on Bradley Bozeman if you want as far as snapping the ball too early, but Sam has to fall on that football. He cannot try to pick it up and make something out of nothing. Just take it. You already lost you've already lost on that down. Don't compound the mistake. The second turnover he had, the interception, of course, that was an underthrow to Stephon Sullivan. 
That happens, but not a great throw from Sam Darnold in the third one. That's on Iki Aquano, who Steve said played a great game. But that's just something you cannot have happen at the end of the game when you're trying to go down, tie the football game right after Tampa Bay finally took the lead where Iki Aquano gets beat badly. And Sam Darnold, as we've seen before, sometimes has had trouble holding onto the football when getting sacked. And that occurs their third and final turnover of the day, which leads to the deciding touchdown there to put Tampa Bay up 10 points with about two, three minutes, whatever it was left in the game, costing Carolina a chance at the, at the division. So one of them was you can't give up turnovers, which led to 10 points. And then the second, you can't give up big plays. And as we know, big plays were the issue all day long in that secondary that was down Dante Jackson, that was down J.C. Horn, who we found out on Monday was placed on IR, so he will not be out there on Sunday afternoon against the uh, against the. Um, Ugh, the Saints and Steve Wilkes did not want to speculate on whether they had won or not, whether J.C. Horn would be out there. The season's over at this point in time outside of the final game of the year. No reason for J.C. Horn to be out there. Had they had a chance, maybe he plays, but Steve Wilkes again didn't want to talk about that. But being down J.C., who should have been a pro bowler, was an excellent player this year, obviously your best corner, and being down Dante Jackson put the Panthers in a position where they had Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson both out there starting at cornerback, and it was going to be a liability trying to keep up with Mike Evans and trying to keep up with Chris Godwin. As we saw, Mike Evans had basically a career day, over 207, yard, over 207 yards receiving, three touchdowns, burned them multiple times, and Steve Wooks went over all three of those situations where they gave touchdowns on those big plays to Mike Evans. The first one in the first half, uh, they were playing quarters coverage. And basically he said that C.J. Henderson, not C.J. Henderson, that was Keith Taylor at that point in time, just didn't turn his hips quick, quick enough, gets beat. Uh, the second one, which was uh, C.J. Henderson, where a lot of people felt like C.J. quit on the play. Uh, Steve Books said he did not see C.J. quit on the play. He just kind of slowed down when Mike Evans slowed down, and Mike Evans went and did his thing. Um, they said they were playing man coverage, uh, but, but they also had a uh, cover two over the top, so they were expecting safety help on that play. Did not get safety help, therefore C.J. Henderson gets beat, and Mike Evans scores, and the help was not there over the top. Then the third one, uh, Steve Wilkes said was an all-out blitz. The uh, Buccaneers were in max protect. Wilkes blames himself, saying they should have checked out of it and gone to a cover two instead, and they did not do that, which led to that third and final touchdown for Mike Evans, which put Tampa Bay up for good in the game on Sunday afternoon. So Wilkes takes the blame for one of them. He blames C.J. Um, Henderson. Not really C.J. Henderson. He blames the fact that he didn't get safety help. And then he blames, or rather he places the uh, the reasoning behind Keith Taylor not being able to, you know, turn his hips quick enough on that play to stop Mike Evans. So that's the uh, three plays that led to uh, touchdowns. So turnovers, three of them, led to 10 points. The big plays, those three situations. Wilkes blames himself on one of them, but the other ones are just players not being able to execute, which was kind of the theme of the day as he spoke to the media on Monday, saying that they made plays and we didn't. They made more plays than us. We did not make the plays that we needed to, and the ones that were out there that could have been uh, taken, we didn't do it. So that's what leads the Carolina Panthers losing that game. Uh, Sam Darnold, once again, will start on Sunday. Joe Person asked that question. Didn't really think there was any doubt that Sam Darnold would get one final start here in Carolina. As I said to you all yesterday, the book is pretty much closed on Sam. Maybe he can come back, be a bridge quarterback as far as like a high-level backup, maybe help out a rookie. I just don't see Sam Darnold being a starting quarterback moving forward here in Carolina with the thoughts that he could be the guy that stabilizes the position and becomes the franchise. And that was pretty much said and done last year. But especially now, after that loss on Sunday, again, not all of them on Sam, 
but he is a turnover-prone quarterback, and we saw those turnovers come to bite them in the worst performance. I guess he's – I don't even know – I can't even really say worst performance, but in the biggest game of the season for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday at Tampa Bay. Um, and I talked about aggressiveness on Sunday and felt like Steve Wilkes wasn't very aggressive, especially in the first half. Uh, Wilkes said he does not regret the uh, two fourth and one uh, decisions to punt the ball on the Panthers' own 42. He did bring up the fact that when they were in plus territory and had that fourth down, which was on that touchdown drive that put them up 14 nothing, they went for it on the fourth and three. But he brings up the two third down plays that right before the fourth and one at the 42. Um, they were up 7 nothing one point, 14 nothing the other point. So they had the lead. They had control of the game. Of course, he doesn't want to give Tampa Bay and Tom Brady a short field. But he did speak a lot about how, hey, against that quarterback, maybe the best ever do it at that position, you got to be aggressive. But when given the opportunity to be aggressive, they weren't aggressive. Now, he does bring up on that third down, probably the first fourth and one, that Sam Darnold made the wrong read on third down, that if he would have flipped it out to LaVisca Chenault, they would have had a first down. So Darnold makes a mistake there. Then on the second one, just talks about how Chuba Hubbard needs to make a man miss. And if he does, they convert on that draw play. So they don't do that. Either way, you still could have been aggressive and could have gone out there and tried to take even more control of the game in that situation. But they decided to punt the ball instead. Which, hey, that's what Steve Wilkes said he wants to do and says that he uh, doesn't regret doing it at all. Now, there's going to be people who are wondering, heading into the final game of the season, Sam Brown is going to play. You know, um, other people, like the younger guys, are going to get more opportunities. Steve Wilkes said his main concern is winning football games. He's not focused on playing younger guys. They've had conversations throughout the year since he's taken over about playing younger guys, and the conversations really have not stopped. But it's certainly not a concern of his as the Panthers head into that final game of the season. And you can wonder also, like Josh Norman, Josh Norman, who was brought up to play because of J.C. Horn going on – well, not he's now on IR, but being injured. Why do we not see more Josh Norman on Sunday? Uh, Wilk said that he didn't think that Josh Norman was ready to play that many snaps. Uh, he only played 10 on Sunday. I had told you all that. I thought the expectation really should be 10 to 12, maybe 15 snaps. Wilkes apparently had told the Fox broadcasting crew and reiterated this on Monday that maybe 20 to 25 would have been possible for Josh. But uh, really this week, now they're looking at probably maybe 20 to 25 snaps. And he didn't want to put Josh in a situation of going out there and having to be a key factor in the game, considering the fact that he was you know coming off the street. He was working at his family's coffee shop where he worked at a barista. I know there's a lot of um, lot made of that last week, but he didn't feel like he was in game shape. Looked fine in war- in workouts, but not in football shape, and he didn't feel like that made a lot of sense with Josh Norman in the situation to come in and fill in for Keith Taylor, or which he did later on in the final two drives, really for the majority of the game for him or C.J. Henderson, who both, of course, struggled against Mike Evans on Sunday afternoon. So you can wonder, could Josh Norman have done better? Could he have done any worse than those two guys? Why bring him to Carolina, and in the one game that actually mattered, he only played him 10 snaps, and now what's the point of playing him 20 to 25 snaps on Sunday against New Orleans when the Panthers don't really benefit at all from winning other than getting Steve Wilkes to 500, but as far as the draft position, which I know is going to be of chief concern for most people in the Panthers fan base over the next week, why not give him an opportunity? So I don't know. didn't work out. It's unfortunate, but uh, we'll get one more game of Josh Norman, then maybe he'll just retire as a Carolina Panther. We will see. But as I stated, and really what Steve Wilkes stated, don't expect this team to quit on Sunday. This guy, this team is trying to win. And y'all should just go ahead and wrap your minds around it. Steve Wilkes, he ain't trying to tank right now after giving in his all the last 11 games. He is still <clears throat> trying to win games here in Carolina. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. 
But before we do that, uh, let me tell you guys again about Price Picks. How does Price Picks work? You pick two to five players, and they score more or less than your Price Picks projection. You can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport you can watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, PGA Tour, college football, men's college, men's and women's college basketball. Uh, soccer, NASCAR, tennis, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app. Go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So this is how it works. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50, so on and so forth. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. When you download the PricePix app, go to PricePix.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Steve Wilkes made it very clear when he took over as the interim coach here in Carolina. He was not worried about his job status, which we'll talk about here shortly. He was not worried about you know, the future. All he was worried about was 13 weeks to do it his way. 13 weeks, 12 games, he was going to do it his way. He didn't want to talk about tanking. He didn't want to talk about all these other things. He was focused on the week ahead and the opponent ahead and getting his team prepared to win games. And that has not changed. And he made that very clear on Sunday afternoon following the Panthers' loss to Tampa Bay, did he say, the one thing I stated to these guys, the last element that we're going to do this week, we're going to finish, that that's what men do, that's what good football teams do, regardless of the record, regardless of the circumstance, we're going to come in tomorrow, put this game to bed, and we're going to have a great week of practice. Steve Wilkes is not trying to lose this game on Sunday. He is trying to win. The Panthers team that have been battling for Steve Wilkes, guys like Derek Brown who have come out and said they want him to be the head coach, guys like Shaq Thompson who said the same thing, they're going out here on Sunday afternoon in what is going to be dubbed as a meaningless game to go out and beat New Orleans, to sweep the Saints and to get the 7-10 and and 6-6 and under Steve Wilkes as the interim, the guy that they want to be, the head ball coach moving forward on a full-time basis following this season. So they're going out there to win this game. And Steve Wilkes said it again on Monday, saying that we're going to do it the right way. We're going to finish. So if you're sitting here hoping the Panthers are going to go out there and throw out like P.J. I mean, I get, I don't even know. Like throw who? Do they have any other quarterbacks other than P.J. Walker and Sam on the roster? If you're thinking they're going to go out there and find some practice squad guy to go out and start on Sunday and try and lose that game, that's just not going to be the case. They're going to give it their best effort. I have no idea how New Orleans is going to approach this game. I imagine that they're going to go out there and they're going to play hard as well. And the thing is you you should want every team in the league to go out and give their best effort. Like on Sunday, the Eagles still have a chance to wrap up the number one seed on Sunday afternoon when they play the Giants. The Giants are already locked in to the sixth seed 
in the NFC. They have no incentive to play Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and their best players on Sunday afternoon. But there's got to be some sense of integrity in this league where you give your best effort to win games week in and week out. So I don't know what the Lions are going to do, or the, uh, not the Lions, but uh, oh, I guess the Lions could get to that situation um, <laughs> if they find out that Seattle won, but that don't, that's not how they're going to prepare, of course. They're going to go out there and give their best effort and try to keep their division rival out of the playoffs, that being Green Bay. But the Giants, I would love for them to actually give an effort because it is lame as hell to me when they're like, yeah, we're not going to play hard. Because last year, maybe it wasn't last year, but I think a couple of years ago, um, when Buffalo had nothing to play for, but they still played their starters – the bulk of the game against a Miami team that needed to win that game and Buffalo beat the hell out of them. That's what I want to see. I would rather teams give it their best effort for all 18 weeks, all 17 games of the season, opposed to get to week 18 and be like, ah, eh, forget it. Let's play the young guys. Oh, we're already in playoffs. Let's like, let's not do anything. I understand there's what much more to play for. But when there's things on the line, especially with the Eagles game and in the, and in the position of the Lions, the Packers game, give it your best effort. Now, of course, on Sunday when the Panthers play New Orleans, there is nothing on the line other than the draft pick. Currently, as it stands, Carolina Panthers would be drafting ninth overall, which is, of course, in the top ten. They're ninth overall. If they lose, it's a possibility they could get up all the way up to six. But ninth overall, that's where the Panthers sit right now. That's probably not good enough to obviously get Bryce Young. Probably not good enough to get C.J. Stroud, who was excellent in that loss to Georgia on New Year's Eve in the playoff. They're going to have to be able to trade up using those second-round picks that they got. The second-round pick they got from uh, San Francisco, I think it was also a third-round pick in there, and a fourth-round pick. The picks they got from San Francisco, they're going to have to use that in order to trade up. So we're looking at it. Win or lose, the Panthers are probably going to be in the top ten, and they're still not going to be high enough, I believe, to be in a position to get the quarterback that they want by just sitting right where they're at. Like Houston, they're going to get whoever they want. They should take Bryce Young. We'll see what they do. Chicago at number two has their guy. Seattle at number three. If they win with Geno Smith on Sunday against the Rams, which I think they should, they're at home. And if they get some help from Detroit, they're in the playoffs. I don't see them moving off of Geno Smith, even if they fail to make the playoffs, whether they win or lose on Sunday. So they got their guy. Arizona, Kyler Murray, they have their guy. The Colts at number five, that's the first team to worry about. Or for Indianapolis, it's a no-brainer to me that they should take C.J. Stroud right there at number five if they stand pat and no one, of course, trades ahead of them. The Carolina Panthers need to be thinking about trying to move up to get to Arizona's spot or get to Seattle's spot or get to Chicago's spot. I don't know if I'm Chicago. I'm trying to build this roster around Justin Fields. I'm not moving out of that slot. Seattle, they could probably get a forward to considering that, I mean, they already have the what, next two first-round picks after this year um, from Denver and Denver was bad this year. We'll see how Russell Wilson progresses. Like, they can feel incentivized to move out of it because they have so many assets moving forward, and it will still get a top-10 pick. So Carolina's got to be looking to move up maybe to three or four, depending on how things work out, because they cannot sit back behind Indianapolis and behind Atlanta, who's sitting at seventh. I think Detroit at six, if they go to the playoffs or not, because they got the Rams pick. I think Detroit's probably going to end up um, – keeping Jared Goff the Falcons I would imagine they're going to be interested in a quarterback who knows maybe they think Desmond Ritter is the guy not quite sure the now Las Vegas at eight are they going to do a complete tear down there with Josh McDaniels after signing guys like Chandler Jones and being able to trade for Devontae Adams to bring him with his best friend Derek Carr are they going to go get a veteran 
Are they going to try to get Tom Brady or somebody else who might be available like Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason? Or are they going to take a rookie quarterback? So Carolina, win or lose on Sunday, they're going to have to move up. And maybe the further back they are, probably the more assets they got to give up. It really depends on whether Chicago wants to play hardball or Seattle wants to play hardball or Arizona or Indianapolis, who I doubt would want to be a trade partner with Carolina because they need a quarterback. So we're going to sit here. I'm sure a lot of us are going to sit here this week and are going to want the team to lose. But Steve Wilkes is not trying to lose. And honestly, to me, it does not really matter all that much whether they win or lose or not because they're not going to be able to sit back behind Indy, who is god-awful, and behind Atlanta and maybe behind Vegas and not do anything and think that they're going to get their quarterback. If they want C.J. Stroud, for me in this draft, it's Bryce Young and Stroud. Richardson, I just don't know. He looks great. He looks awful. Will Levis, I'm not convinced. Again, it's a crapshoot. Any of these guys could be great. Any of these guys could be bust. Who knows? But from what I saw from my time watching college football the last couple of seasons, Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this draft. And then after what I saw from C.J. Stroud on Saturday night against Georgia, he showed us things that everyone was wondering, could he do? Could he play off-platform, off-script? Could he be able to make those kind of throws? Could he use his legs as a factor offensively? He showed everything that everyone's been wanting to see from him outside of just being a pocket passer He's got the goods. Those are the two guys. And Young's not going to be available. So I think Carolina, whether they win or lose, they're going to have to trade up. So if you want them to lose, fine. If you want them to win, great. But I don't think the result on Sunday really means anything other than adding another notch to Steve Wilkes' belt to help him get this job. Because if you want Steve Wilkes to be the head coach, 6-6, six and six, hard to argue with that considering everything that's happened this season in Carolina. If he gets them the 500, you can only wonder what it would have been like had he had a real quarterback, had he not had certain injuries, had he had his own hand-picked coaching staff, especially at the offensive coordinator position. So winning on Sunday, especially for people who want Steve Wilkes to be the guy, I think that is the only thing that can help his case further. Now also, at this point in time, should really Sunday's result change anything with Steve Wilkes? Because you really think about it, I don't think Sunday's loss or win on Sunday against New Orleans should change all that much. I'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do, let me tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball. They've got you covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those as well at BetOnline. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Steve Wilkes has one final game as the Carolina Panthers interim head coach this season. So far, he is 5 
and six through 11 games in 12 weeks of the season. He said he had 13 weeks, 13 weeks to do it his way, and he has done it his way. He's talked about winning up front. The offensive line has been dramatically improved from what they were a year ago. They have found an identity on offense. They have found an identity on defense, and they have found an identity on special teams, all things they did not have under the previous coaching staff and head coach in Matt Rule. What Steve Wilkes has done over the last 11 weeks has been incredible. It hasn't been miraculous, but it's been incredible that he's been able to get these guys to buy in. And Shaq Thompson was on with Josina Anderson on her podcast or whatever she does a week ago, just talking about how guys just weren't fully bought in to Matt Rule. But Steve Wilkes came in here and he said, hey, I, I want to be these guys' friends, but I'm not going to be their buddy. Because, you know, they're, they're, your friends are going to tell you the truth. He's, they're going to call you out and tell you when you're not doing things the right way. He said he wants to do things the right the way, which means going out there on Sunday and at Superdome against New Orleans and trying to win this football game and playing Carolina Panthers football and playing to their DNA, the physicality, running the football, playing great defense, great special teams, playing smart, not turning the football over, all the things that they did wrong on Sunday and that loss to Tampa Bay, they want to correct that this week and go into that game on Sunday afternoon against New Orleans and try to get a win and get them to 6-6. Six and six. Now, for me, 5-7, and 6-6, six and six, I don't think it really matters all that much. It really shouldn't at this point in time. And if you wanted Steve Wilkes to have the interim tag taken off a couple weeks ago, you should still feel the same way today, and you should still feel the same way even if they lose to New Orleans. And if you didn't want him to have it taken off four weeks ago or whatever it was, your opinion really should not have changed by now. There's going to be people with the opinion that keeping Steve Wilkes is status quo. It's not a big enough hire. It's not going to change anything. There's other people who think you got to go out and go find somebody else. There's people also going to think that, hey, you know what? If you keep Steve Wilkes, it makes way more sense to do that opposed to trying to go find the next Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or whatever offensive wonder can, and it doesn't always work out. And you want to have someone with coaching experience, and there's other guys with coaching experience, but do you want Leslie Frazier, the D.C. of uh, the Buffalo Bills, who used to be the Vikings head coach? Do you want Dan Quinn, the former Falcons coach, who's the D.C. now in Dallas? Do you want some of those retreads, or would you rather have a guy here in Steve Wilkes who is already loved in the locker room, who already understands the foundation and what it takes to win here, who's had experience, and of course is a hometown guy. So there's going to be plenty of conversation that we're going to have over the next couple of weeks, really like the next month as the interview process goes through and we find out what candidates are out there and who David Tepper is interested in, in talking to. And there's been reports from Dan Graziano that Tepper um, would be interested in, you know, maybe a former head coach and they'd be looking at an offensive guy, at least I think Benjamin Albright of a KOA out there in Denver. He put that out there on Twitter a week ago. And, yes, there's been steam um, building for Wilkes to get the job. Like Chris Mortensen said, there's been momentum building that maybe Wilkes gets the job. And I don't think it helps his case necessarily losing the final two games of his tenure as the interim head coach. But I also don't think it really should have hurt it, especially like when this game, you know, it doesn't matter all that much. But if they win, I think all that does is speak even more more to what he's been able to do to rebuild this culture and really to establish his culture to where his guys always bounce back outside of the loss against the Falcons at overtime and getting blown up by the Bengals who are a great team the Panthers have always bounced back and if this team can bounce back one more time how can you not want to hire this guy and give him a chance to actually have a capable OC and a capable quarterback and then to plug the holes that they have defensively and offensively in the rest of this roster why would you not want to give him a chance like, Sunday's loss should not change anything about Steve Wilkes. I mean, if they get blown out, then I guess maybe you think about it. But we have to understand all the context that has gone into this season. And that goes into a 6-6 six and six or a 5-7 and seven record under Wilkes. And I've seen enough so far to believe that Steve Wilkes absolutely deserves a shot – 
well, not deserves, he's earned a head coaching role, whether it's here in Carolina or elsewhere in the NFL. Like, you have to remember, Wilkes does not necessarily have to stay here in Carolina. He can interview with other uh, teams. He can interview with, the, oh, interview with the Colts job. Why would he want to do that? I have no idea. That seems like a message Jim Irsay, but he can interview for that job. I mean, obviously, Arizona, if that opens up, he's not going to interview out there, considering his history and, you know, what's going on with the ongoing lawsuit. Um, who else is open right now? Um, is there? I can't, I can't think of anybody else. But if the other jobs open up, Steve Wilkes absolutely should be interviewing for those jobs. He should keep his options open as much as David Tepper should keep his options open throughout the interview process. As I've said, whether Steve Wilkes should get the job or not, David Tepper needs to talk to as many candidates as possible, figure out who the right guy is. And the, <coughs> excuse me, the hope is that it comes back to Steve Wilkes as the right guy here in Carolina. Because Steve Wilkes would have shown over the last 12 weeks what he can do with this football team. And you have to wonder, oh, what could it look like with the proper support and the right players and all of that here after one offseason. So I don't think Sunday should change anything. I don't think the loss to Tampa Bay changes anything. You know, Wilkes is still a guy who's only been a head coach for, what, we got 11, 23, no, it was 11, 27 games. 27 games, that's like not the biggest sample sizes. And you look at both the situations that he inherited, wasn't great out in Arizona, wasn't great when he got here. But at least here, the second time around, he's shown the ability to adapt and the ability to win. So I, I think that Wilkes absolutely has earned a shot, whether it's here in Carolina or elsewhere. It's not even a shot. He's earned a full-time role which to me is three to four years to go out there and get a team to the playoffs and just show that he actually can build a winner. So we'll see. But, I mean, it's always up to David Tepper, and we'll learn more about what David Tepper wants to do over the next couple uh, weeks and maybe months, but hopefully not too long. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Make sure to watch our show, subscribe to our show, open our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show there. And make sure to hit me up on Twitter, at Julian Council. DM me there as well to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. Either at me or DM me there on Twitter. But again, first follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. In the meantime, be happy, be safe, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.